This podcast is sponsored by Explore Worldwide. Explore offers guided travel holidays from city breaks to honeymoons. Explore's local tour guides and their small group adventures give travellers the opportunity to experience a country and not merely observe it. Whether it's a food and drink tour in the hilltop towns of Tuscany or a walking tour in the rice fields of Vietnam, Explore puts their trust in the quality of their local tour leaders so you get a better insight into your holiday destination. Head to exploreworldwide.com. Hello and welcome to today's independent travel podcast with me, Simon Calder, coming to you actually from World Travel Market London, the great annual get-together of the world's travel industry. I'm not, though, talking about that today. I will be tomorrow. But today I need to talk about trains because there's an awful lot of upset and confusion about what is happening to the railways. So, late on Friday afternoon, the RMT union called off the strike which was planned for Saturday, for Monday today and for Wednesday. Now, you would be forgiven for thinking, oh, well, that's great. So all the trains ran normally far from it. We will not get back to normal running of the trains until Thursday and by the way that's also the day of a strike on the London Underground and the London Overground. So let me talk through what is happening and why and what it means for the future. So the rail union, the RMT, the main rail union, had called out its staff working for Network Rail and for 14 train operators. Now, by far the biggest impact is from the signalers working for Network Rail. And so, as is now standard with national rail strikes, effectively half the rail network gets shut down completely. On the other half, there is a skeleton service operating between half past seven in the evening, half past seven in the morning and half past six in the evening. And that has been the pattern for, well, the uh, previous eight days of strikes. And we've kind of got used to that. We've got trains from Brighton, from Southampton, from Bristol, from Cardiff, from uh, Manchester, from Liverpool, from Sheffield and so on, running basically once an hour, maybe during those hours to and from London. Very early starts to... um, the last services so you might find that by mid-afternoon if you haven't got on a train you're not going to complete your journey. Now when you lift the threat of strike action everybody returns to their jobs. So I've met for instance a a guard on the Southwestern Railway um, enjoying a coffee at London Waterloo and he was spare. He didn't have a train to work on and that was hardly surprising because um, they only ran one train in five on Saturday. The key thing is you've got to have drivers and ASLEF, the Train Drivers Union, has long-standing agreements with train operators to say basically you've got to tell us what we're going to be working a week ahead. That doesn't seem to me unreasonable. And so therefore the RMT at the time they called off the strike will have known that the chances of getting back to normal before the strikes were due to finish was, well, zero. Yes, in some places they have worked wonders. The train operators have uh, managed to get uh, full service, for instance, today on Mersey Rail. 
in the uh, Liverpool region. The Southeastern did pretty well on Saturday to resuscitate services on a wide range of lines. But if you look at Avanti West Coast, if you look at Great Western, they are still saying to the public, stay away, stay away. If you do try and travel, even though we're running services, they're likely to be very seriously disrupted. And I'm afraid you're not going to be uh, able to have a great journey um, and you might get stuck. So, therefore, people are finding, particularly if they turn up at their local station, they might find that the ticket office is staffed, but there aren't any trains coming through. And depending on how you feel, that is very annoying if you're a passenger trying to get somewhere. If you're a member of the RMT union, you're saying, well, that is entirely the fault of the train operators and of Network Rail, because only late on Friday did they change their position to make it possible for the RMT to call off the strike. Talking to the employer side, to Network Rail, to the train operators, they say, actually, it didn't quite happen like that. Um, we're not aware that we made any substantial moves. We're delighted the strike's been called off. But unfortunately, we're um, in a position where we cannot just switch back on trains. You know, the schedules, of the rosters are baked in. We can't do much about it. Um, I wrote an article for The Independent. You can find it um, quite easily, I think, on, online um, about the way that people were now being paid money for effectively not being able to work. Because if you're a guard and your train operator is running only one train in five, there's not going to be any work for you to do, um, probably. So I've had some very, very um, stringent, uh, strong comments about that, saying that I have framed this as um, the rail unions somehow having a laugh at the passenger's expense. Um, I'm trying to predict, uh, portray all sides of the uh, dispute and portraying what each side has told me. It is, though, a miserable situation. And it's one of those things where if we had heard, OK, great, the next set of sites isn't going, strikes isn't going ahead um, a week earlier, which the union says couldn't happen because it was the uh, employers who didn't allow it to happen, then we would be in a very difficult position, a uh, different position. Um, as it is, there's a lot of quite angry people not being able to get where they needed to be or indeed having made other arrangements to travel at sometimes considerable expense. And everybody from the people who run coffee stands at the stations which aren't open to the theatres in London which haven't got the numbers that they might have because people can't come in, it's a pretty miserable situation. I can only hope that it improves. As always, I very much welcome your views. You can contact me probably most easily on uh, Twitter, at Simon Calder. You can send me a direct message. I do read all of those. So from Friday onwards, we will be back with a normal service. And let's hope that the many other disputes that are floating around get solved so that we can get back to a railway which serves the passengers provides valuable employment for very skilled and professional staff and um, helps keep us mobile. Anyway, thanks very much indeed for listening. Have a happy evening. I will talk to you tomorrow. Goodbye. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.